0: Sure. You are listening to the Mungify
1: Show with host Richard Edwards. Hello and welcome to another great episode of the Mungify Show. I think we're up to episode four now. That sounds about right. I hope you're enjoying it so far. I hope you've already subscribed and liked and getting notifications of when the new episodes come out, be that through your favorite podcast app, Facebook or on YouTube. We are on YouTube. If you are particularly tech savvy around the podcast, you can just put that on there and listen to it via YouTube. Now, our interview today, another really great one. It involves a discussion of wine and also there's some animal noises in there Uh, i'll leave you guessing for what that's going to be but first the news
0: it's time for the news
1: Right, so not so much a, a news section this week. Julie is just taking a a week off. But I guess just a little very brief discussion of what has been the big news and the big discussion around town, certainly according to Facebook. And that is around the vaccine passes and mandates. Now, I don't really care which side of the fence you sit on this, but my concern is perhaps around how some people have been acting out there about the situation. I think people need to remember that businesses that are choosing to go with the vaccine uh, Passers don't really have a choice. It's been forced on them by the government. These are the rules that have been set. And for many, it's a case of that they choose to get on that track or they don't have a business. They can't afford to necessarily assist everyone with their personal choices and their personal positions. I know I had uh, was speaking to one restaurant owner in town recently, and their comment to me basically was that they would drown if they couldn't have people in to sit down. At their restaurant so please be understanding please be kind as Jacinda whether you like it or not has said she's quite right be kind when you're out there and uh, and just watch what you say and how you talk to people online you know there's no need for the community to turn on each other when really I think we all want the same things we want to be happy healthy and enjoy this great community that we love so much so that's kind of my little bit of news this week my little discussion just watch how you go out there
0: What's on in Mungify?
1: So, joining us again to discuss what is on around Mungify is Ruby Mitchell from the Kuiper District Council. Thanks for joining us, Ruby.
2: Kia ora, Richard. Thanks for having me.
1: Now, I guess it's a bit of an interesting time for events. We're kind of in a, a bit of a grey area for the next little bit around what can happen, and everyone's working out the rules. I'm sure you guys are having some find that the council working on that as well?
2: (laughs) Yeah we are and we're just in the process of doing that at the moment but I know there's a couple of things on that are coming up. Uh, The Mangafai's Helping Hands Christmas Trail is still happening and it's all being completed in family bubbles. The registration obviously is closed for this but this is just so if people spot people out and about, families and kids doing this, you'll know what they're up to. It's the Christmas Trail, they're going through 12 locations, they've got clues and activities, they're going to get ice creams and all sorts of fun so give a shout out to them if you see them rock on by
1: and I know looking at watching online with that one they were talking today about uh, people just keeping control of their children around roads if <laughs> they get a bit excited so yeah so perhaps yeah people, please if be you aware are, of
2: them yeah
1: yeah if you are driving and you see a family group maybe just drop the speed a little bit
2: yeah I think that would be much appreciated but I think also they'll be putting stuff up on the their Mangafai um, helping hand Facebook group so you'll be able to check it out there as well
1: Awesome. Now tell me a little bit about these shoes that are on the fence up in the up in the heads. What what's the situation with that?
2: Yeah, so that's actually the Zonta Club's doing. It's an international initiative that they are supporting as well this time every year. It's called Zonta Says No to Gender-Based Violence. And basically it's 16 days of activism. It started on the 25th of November and it will go through to the 10th of this month. The club has placed orange shoes with signage on the golf club fence, as you mentioned, and it represents the number of people that have been killed each year due to domestic violence. They're also posting uh, daily Facebook posts outlining the issues and you'll be able to see at some point soon their program of signage which will be up around the women's toilets in the district. So there's a lot of work going on in that space and hats off I have to say to Zonta for um, supporting and leading this initiative here in the district.
1: Now Zonta are, are pretty known for doing some uh, some great work in the community. They have their their ball every year, or probably not necessarily with COVID, and they uh, they run a few scholarships around the place. It's a it's a a woman focused community service group. Is is that a, a good summary?
2: Yeah, that's correct. And it's an international global organization. So there's there's these Zonta groups not just all around the country in New Zealand, but all around the world. So they support each other through service and advocacy and do a whole lot of initiatives like the one that we're just talking about right now, as well as things like balls, meetings and services. Yeah.
1: Now uh, lastly, the bus is back. Tell us about that.
2: The bus is back. So for the last two years, district our District Council as well as Northern Regional Council have run the free bus which goes from the village to the beach for, you know, two to four weeks in summer every year. We're running it again this year and it's going to start on the 27th of December. Like I said at the beginning, it's free and we encourage everyone to use it because we know how hectic and chaotic the parking can get up at the heads. And at other places within manga Fires. we get visitors and locals move out and about
1: yeah I mean I've already seen the car park at the heads pretty much full this yeah. year on the last weekend so I can only imagine what it's going to be like when the borders open again
2: I know and we're meant to be in for quite a warm summer I think too so everyone's going to be wanting to go for a bit of a splash probably on a daily basis if you're anything like I am
1: is it a bit of a case with the bus of, of use it or lose it I mean does the, does the community really need to get out and support and use this bus to prove that it's worth the council spending the money
2: yeah, so it is a three-year trial, and this is the final year of the trial. So we really, really do want to see how many people need it and want to use it. So we do encourage, like you say, people people using it this summer. We really, really want to see see its use. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Well, we're going to go and take it. My toddler will no doubt do a fantastic rendition of Wheels on the Bus, but thank <laughs> you so much for joining us again. That's Ruby Mitchell from the Kuiper District Council.
2: Thanks for having me, Richard.
1: Let's have a chat. Okay, so for today's talk, and I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Sorry if you hear a bit of background noise. We're kind of sitting in a bit of a wind tunnel on the edge of a beautiful, beautiful glade and there's trees and everything elsewhere, so there might be a little bit of ambient noise. We are with Ray and Nikki Crocker from Brook Lane Winery Vineyard. What, what do we call this? I've always un- wondered what the difference is between a wi- winery and a vineyard.
0: Well, it's a vineyard. Vin- vineyard is where you grow grapes. A winery is where you make wine.
1: Right, right. Yeah.
0: So that's the that's the main difference. And there and, are actually no wineries in Mungaui.
1: Right, right. There's there's grapes, but they're taken elsewhere for the wine to be made. Correct. And in your guys' case, it goes to it goes to
0: Marsden Estate up in Kerikeri. Uh, Rod MacGyver, who's the owner of Marsden, he makes our wine. He's uh, an award winning Celebrated winemaker and fantastic at his craft, so we we had a very easy decision to make when we were choosing a winemaker.
1: Fantastic. We'll get we'll get into the wine a little bit later, but um, I mean, just quickly, if you guys can just tell us a little bit about yourselves, you, you've had quite a long association with uh, Mangafai, I understand.
3: Sure have. We first came here nearly 30 years ago. We were looking for somewhere to have a holiday home, and it couldn't be more than two hours from Auckland. And we did a little bit of a drive two hours north and then worked our way down, found Langs and absolutely loved it. Uh, Didn't like the prices, got to Mangawai and fell in love with it. It had a golf course and a a dairy and a little boat ramp and not a lot more. And uh, we, we... Came camping to start with, and then we bought a a section sort of 18 months in, and we've been here coming here ever since.
1: Fantastic. Have you moved? You're up here full time now, or is this still a part
0: time thing for you guys? Yeah, no, we live here now. Interesting. I mean, 30 odd years ago, when we first started coming, we never thought we would ever live in Mangawai because it was our holiday place, and even up until 15 years ago, we probably wouldn't have looked at living in Mangawai, but Mangawai is a different place now than what it was then. its it, It's got a lot more infrastructure. There's a lot more happening here now that make it a more interesting place to live. Mm. When we first came here, there were 700 residents in Mangawai, and most of them were a lot older than us. So it was—it it certainly has a different dynamic now and a lot of younger people, which is neat.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, an ongoing debate in town. I mean, is this kind of growth and change in Mangawai a good thing or a bad thing? You guys seem to be on the good thing side oh, of the ledger.
0: There's bits that we like and there's bits we don't like. I mean, that's just human nature, isn't it? I think progress is is a good thing. You can't stop progress. I mean, there are parts of the old Mangawai that we really miss. The Yeah, so so a lot of that infrastructure and, and, and that changes the dynamics of the place. But I honestly think that for an option other than Auckland to live, mm-hmm. the progress we've made here is pretty good. And it's a nice place to to be. Mm
3: -hmm. We had a bit of a a stint in Australia. And while we were over there, we sold one of our properties. And we were a bit upset that we did sell it. But we didn't think we were going to probably come back here, did we? No, so no, we had a
0: magnificent place down on Wintle Street up high, so we looked right down the coast to
3: Parkery Parkery and
0: down to- that way. and um, we've actually bought and sold a fair bit of property in our our forty odd years of marriage, and um I can honestly say that's the only property I have sellers remorse. yeah <laughs> we, it was it was pretty cool mm-hmm.
1: so so, why a vineyard? I mean, do you guys have a background in wine or are you just <laughs> just enthusiastic drinkers or enthusiastic <laughs> <What's
3: that>? drinkers. <laughs> what,
1: what,
0: a, what a great question. I, uh, why wine? We we actually had made the decision we wanted to leave Auckland and move away from the stresses of life a bit more. And so we we thought, why not a lifestyle block? And uh, so we looked around different areas. We looked down around Caddy, We were going down to visit some friends in um, Papamoa, And then Nikki said, what about Manga We thought, yeah, well, why not? So we we came up and we had a look at a couple of properties and we came across this one and we actually fell in love with the property and uh, we could see what we could do with it because literally this property, when we bought, bought it, had the vines and nothing else there was nothing else here there were no buildings no infrastructure no power water so it
1: already had the 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 vines on it when you bought it the
0: vines were planted by gary and liz cameron who used to own Lockheel estate so they were planted in 2005 so they're 16 years old so they're good mature vines but that that is all that was here so we interestingly enough we saw through the vines and we actually didn't really even calculate that in our thoughts. We just loved the property and thought, yeah, this could be really nice. So we bought the property, and then we naively thought, oh, we'll just get someone else to deal with the grapes, and they can, we'll just sell the grapes and what have you. And uh, wow, you know how how wrong we got that. <laughs> but um, it it was a a bit of a, a fluke, but it, it also has something that we now. Are quite passionate about and we've learned to love them. We were originally going to sell the grapes, as I said. Our winemaker said if you do that, you'll break even at best. You really need to create a brand or pull the vines out. Mm-hmm. So we thought let's give it a crack and here we are.
1: So how long ago did you make that call to to make the wine, to create a brand? Was that soon after you took over the property? Or? Very- oh, before,
3: as we were taking mm-hmm. – oh, so- yeah, maybe a little. Yeah, quite quickly
0: up. because and the, the logic around that is even if you if you sell the grapes or make wine, the amount of work involved from a bit of culture point of view is the same. So you still have to do all your sprays and your plucking and tucking and all those sorts of things. It all has to be done. So, yeah, we made the call quite quickly. But interestingly enough, the first year we were here, which was 2018 vintage, 17, 18. 17 year uh, 2018 vintage. We got hit with the, I think it was the wettest summer on record and the second hottest summer on record. We had mass humidity. We had three cyclones come through in the January and we literally lost our whole crop. So the first year was a baptism of fire where we had exorbitant amounts of money going out to create what we now have today, but there wasn't much coming in and, and, and we actually lost that crop. So interestingly enough, that was a disaster. It didn't stop us. Some of our mentors and people that we've worked with in the industry were were amazing at talking us through that because there were days when we'd have thrown it away and we decided to kick on. And we've since had three amazing years and three nice hot summers that have given us three amazing vintages.
1: For people who don't understand and wine and grapes. I mean, what is that with the weather conditioning for? and if from my distant experience of hearing things, you're after hot days, dry, but maybe cool nights, is that Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. You 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 don't want excessive rain. A little bit of rain's nice just to keep things dampened down. But the the grapevines survive exceptionally well when they're a little bit under stress. Mm. If you look at some of their vineyards in Europe and that, it hardly ever rains. Mm. So they do like dryness. They particularly love it out where we are because we can be up to five degrees warmer than on the coast at the heads. And so this little valley here has its own little eco-climate, and that's why the, the the vines have not only here, but other vineyards have grown so successfully.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. What What is so good? about Mangafai for wine? I mean, what potential does the area have? We've got a few vineyards here. Does the climate suit? Does the soil suit? I mean...
0: I think, is this the perfect growing region for New Zealand? No. But the interesting thing is with New Zealand is that different pockets of, or different provinces have different characteristics that create good wine. If we look at the north, there's some amazing Pinot Gris created in the north.
3: And Chardonnay.
0: And Chardonnays. Marlborough will always be the king of Sauvignon Blanc. We don't grow Sauvignon Blanc in the north because we're too far north, so the climate's not quite right. But I'd put our Pinot Gris up against what they grow in Marlborough any day. The Pinot Gris here are amazing. But it was so. only
3: a few years ago, wasn't it, that there was a contingent came in from Europe and America, mm. right? And they all went up to Marsden and they wanted, They said, okay, we know New Zealand has amazing Pinot Noir in the south and, and Sauvignon Blanc and, and Marlborough. What else do you have? And they all came up north and got to experience some of our Pinot Gris and the Chardonnay they were blown away because they hadn't experienced it out of California. They expected, you know, California has the Chardonnay. You don't get great Chardonnay anywhere else. And they were very, very impressed. So it's kind of exciting that Northland's starting to get a little bit of, of a name for some good good crops. And I'd love, to be honest, I'd love another five or six at least vineyards here in Mangawai, because it gives it something for people to come here for. You know, there's no point if there's only a couple,
1: we need to have more. You need a few amazing. to make a wine tour, basically. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You kind of do,
0: yeah. Yeah, we, we, we say bring it on, you know. We'd love more vineyards here. But to answer your question on on the the, the wines, I, I would say the three that we grow here, which is Chardonnay, Gris, and Syrah, are probably the three that grow the best in the north and give the best outcome.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, now, we don't have the probably the land to become another Molra, but I mean, could we be another Matacana? I and mean, is that on the cards? I think think
0: absolutely we could if we've got people with the passion and desire to want to do it because let's not kid ourselves people say to us all the time you're living the dream it's damn hard work. (laughs) Dream, Um,
3: nightmare. Yeah
0: (laughs) dream one day nightmare the next you know it just depends on the time of the season and what we're doing and and what the weather's doing for us. When
3: we first came here there were five yeah four years ago there were five vineyards here Mm. so it's kind of sad there's only two left now but there's another one coming, which is exciting. But I think the, the area here has got lots of potential, mm. lots of potential. Mm. But as you say about the land, I mean, there's probably a fair bit yeah. around that Well, there's another Well, there's another vineyard
0: developing in Mangawai, which we know about. So that's that will bank it three. I honestly think if, if it's done properly and marketed properly, we could have a very, very good
1: wine, wine
0: destination. Yeah, mm. it'd be fabulous. Totally, yeah. <laughs>
1: What has happened to those those vineyards that have gone? I mean, do they just get developed? Do they get billed What What's the?
0: Well, this vineyard was part of what was Lockheel Estate. So Gary and Liz, who started Lockheel, have now pulled stumps and decided that at their time of life, they've done it for long enough. They were 15, 16 years, and it's enough. And particularly as you get older, it doesn't get easier; it gets harder. So they decided to pull their what was left of their vineyard out and have just turned it into gardens. And in fact, uh, are looking to 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 sell where they are. One of the other vineyards close to here, they've just pulled their vines out. And to to quote them without naming them, we've been doing it fifteen years, and it's probably enough, you know. And uh, as I say, it's 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 a lot of work, and you um, like anything, you can you can kind of you can lose the passion. And we haven't, you know, we're lucky that we're at this stage in our lives where we're not we're not spring chickens by any means, but we're we're relatively Speak new, yourself. relatively <laughs> new to the um, to the industry, and and really passionate about it and enjoying it. So long may it last.
1: Is it possible we're kind of at a bit of a juncture where we're seeing a shift from some of these ones, it was kind of a, pr- a pr- project, a bit of a retirement thing, relatively small things to people coming in that are doing it where it does have to have a commercial focus, where it does have to pay, as opposed to being kind of a side project? Yeah, it's a good question, and I
0: think you're probably right. I think as Mangawai develops and grows, more and more people will come into the area, they'll bring more money into the area, it's going to expand, it's going to grow, and with that will come opportunities, and I think absolutely there will be potentially be a commercial side to this industry that will kick in and bring it on i say i I think that would be fabulous so long as we can maintain vineyards like this that have that boutique feel about them because not everyone likes that big commercial focus there are people that come here and love this for what it is Mm -hmm. and you know as i say long may that continue
1: so tell me about about your wine. What 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 you've mentioned before? But what do you grow here, and what do you make or sell from here? Because it's made in in in, in the Bay of Islands, but what's there? Well, the-
0: yeah, the wine is made, but we we take we bring it through to harvest here. Mm. So we harvest the wine here, and we 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 have Pinot Gris, we have Chardonnay, and we do a Syrah. Our winemaker has a great saying. He says, "Good wine is not made; it's grown." So. And to define that, he says, you give me good wine, uh, good grapes, I can make good wine. If you give me average grapes that don't have the taste, then there's only so much we can do with it. So the work is done here, mm-hmm. and then we get it up there, and he makes the wine. So, yeah, so we make the three varieties. It gets, grow them with the grape breeders. We grow, we're the great breeders. It gets made here, grown here, made in Kerry Kerry, and then it gets shipped from Kerry Kerry down to Auckland where it's bottled, labelled, capped, and... Back here for sale.
1: So, if I was sitting it, sitting somewhere here doing a tasting, describe your three wines to me.
0: Okay, so we'd start with the Chardonnay. It is a lightly oaked Chardonnay, so we we oak it for eight months in in, in, in French oak. Thank you. <laughs> uh, in French oak, we purposely don't. I pu- I I actually love the big, heavy, buttery chardonnays, but that's not necessarily the market now. Chardonnay is making a bit of a global resurgence, but it's more around that lighter style. A lot of younger people are starting to drink chardonnay now. Which it used to be what was it? ABC
3: anything but chardonnay. <laughs> yeah,
0: so. So that's our Chardonnay. The clone is Mendoza. So it's uh, it's not a highly fruiting clone, but it is a very high quality. The taste is amazing.
3: And we call it our Longfin. Yeah, we call
0: it our Longfin Chardonnay. All three of our wines are called after our animals that we have on the property. So the Longfin is a New Zealand native eel which uh, up until recently was endangered, and it's still on a watch list. Fascinating animal, one of the five oldest living animals on earth. So we actually dedicate our Chardonnay to our longfin friends. So it's the longfin Chardonnay. Just down there. Yeah, which are just in the creek. Our Pinot Gris. So your Pinot is an aromatic. It's quite fruity. With ours, you'll get really nice lychee pear flavors, not too sweet we neither of us are great fans of sweet wine so we actually harvest our our Pinot Gris, when it gets to a point with the Brix levels, which is the sugars, so it doesn't get too sweet and we don't lose that that beautiful f- fruit characteristic, we call that our Cheeky Charlie Pinot Gris, and Charlie is our little Jack Russell that <laughs> probably welcomed you when you arrived. Sitting at,
1: sitting at my yeah, point at the moment, so I think. Yeah,
0: so she's the boss, been with us for 13 and a half years. We brought her back from Aussie with us, so she's uh, she's very much part of been part of the journey. She's an Aussie. And And then the third wine is the Syrah, which we actually make into rosé. So we blend our rosé, uh, sorry, our Syrah and our Pinot Gris together, which gives you the beautiful fruitiness of the Pinot and that kind of wild berry hit that you get from Syrah. French in style, very light in colour, not so much French in taste. French rosés can be exceptionally dry. This is more to the New Zealand palate, but not too sweet. And we call that our tipsy-tui rosé because we have a pet tui that we have reared since she was a couple of days old. She got blown out of a nest, brought her back here, and Nikki basically has reared her. So she's mum, and I'm someone that happens to fill her food bowl every now and then. And if, if, if either of us are standing by... The breakfast bar in there, she'll come and land on our shoulder and happily take food from us. She comes in and out 30 to 40 times a day when she's not in breeding pattern, which she is right now. And so we'll only see her once or twice a day at the moment. And I would suggest in about a week's time, we probably won't see her until after Christmas when she's... Had her babies and whatever they do, and then she'll come in like a an errant teenager and throw a washing in the corner and say, "Where's my food?" and "Can I borrow the car keys?" and I'm off again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The rosé, I I feel like, like I I don't drink a lot of wine. I don't know a lot about wine. I I have, uh, I have my wife and our producer Sally, who's our our expert on that. Mm. I feel like rosé seems to be a bit of a common thing around Munga It seems to be especially of other areas, other vineyards as well. Yeah, is it? Is it? It just lends itself to the area, or is that just the kind of trend in wine at the moment that people are all about the rosé? It's a bit the- of a
0: global thing, really. People say to me, because we have beautiful Syrah grapes, um, vines, and we, we produce wonderful Syrah grape, and they say, when, when are you going to make a Syrah? Because I personally love red wine, and my standard answer is when the rosé stops selling because the rosé sells exceptionally well. And and years ago, not too far ago, actually, you'd go into a wholesaler or or whatever, and you'd see a a couple of facings of rosé. Now they have fridgefuls of rosé of every brand you can think of. It is a bit of a a thing at the moment, but it's not just here. It's Australia. It's, uh, it's, It's pretty global. And it is just, it's the flavor of the day.
3: As the uh, winemaker said, it looks great on a table. looks
1: good it in a glass. It looks
0: sexy on a you know? table.
1: <laughs> I, I always love what the guys on Top Gear call it, lady petrol.
2: Lady petrol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
0: uh. Well, I can tell you, our, our um, when we have our last Saturday club, which we, we have here, there's a lot of men drink it as well. Mm. They might not admit it, but they do. <laughs> um,
2: just to go over, um, you said your Pinot grapes are harvested a little earlier. Do you
0: want to go and explain like kind of the difference between late harvest wine and mm-hmm. Well, late harvest we wine is we, we, do, we don't we don't do we don't We're do a you, Yeah. A yeah. We don't do a late harvest wine. So late harvest wines are sweet, typically drunk with desserts and that sort of thing. So we don't do a late harvest. We
3: have a bit of a battle with the bees. Yeah, yeah.
0: So we have so to we, them. We, we, we we battle the bees. Uh, we love bees, but vineyards don't like bees. So once the grapes are ready to harvest around here, the bees will tell you, and they are very active.
3: They can clean them out real
0: quick. They can do a lot of damage. So what happens with us here, when we're going through the cycle, the Chardonnay is always the first to kick in and bud burst and everything is Chardonnay first, then the Pinot Gris, then the Syrah. But interestingly enough, the Pinot is the one we'll harvest first. So it catches up, overtakes, and we'll harvest our Pinot around the middle of February. The Chardonnay will be closely behind that, maybe a week, maybe two weeks. Maybe a day. This this year it was a day behind. Mm. We did them both in a weekend, and a lot of that was largely around the fact we had a weather event coming that we wanted to avoid. Mm. And then the Syrah is normally three to four weeks after that, so mid-March. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Tell me about the last Saturday's club. It's kind of become pretty famous in a short period of time in Rangafai. What, what is it? I mean, <laughs> w- what happens in this club and, and how do you become a member? Well,
0: there's no there's no membership as such and it does it, it does give an inference that there is a membership, but it's not. It's, it's free for anyone to come. All you need is a ticket. And basically, the ticket is designed to, we charge $20 entry. The $20 gives you your entry into the, into our our vineyard it also gives you your first glass of wine and we serve that glass of wine in one of our beautiful German crystal glasses with our logo on which you get to keep and take home so we make literally no money out of the entry fee it is purely a way a mechanism of us controlling numbers which with everything that's going on in our lives at the moment we are controlled in terms of numbers that we're allowed in and that sort of thing so it, it works really well in conjunction with that
3: we want to keep it small and intimate as well. Yeah,
0: and one of the strengths of the event is that it is small and intimate. We don't want 300 people rocking up here. That is not what we're about. Mm. And uh, so the last Saturday club is we people come along for beautiful wine, a bit of food. We fire up the the, the wood fired pizza oven there. We we have platters that we create hampers, and so we uh, yeah. So people enjoy good food, good wine, and we have a bit of music playing which is, you know, not the focus, but it's actually nice to have that background music going as well.
3: Mm. We had them go right through the year, Mm. right through Mm. winter.
0: But it's always the last Saturday of each month.
1: Mm. And this is outside in the vines? It's It's all here. It's actually straight out Uh here.
3: So we have, everyone's been adjusted depending on the weather. The time of the year so the winter ones we moved the musician inside we had braziers and heaters and and marquees up and it was a lot more a little bit more intimate which was really lovely the summer mm. ones everyone spreads their picnic bank you know blankets out and stretches all around but in some
0: ways the winter ones were nicer because they were more intimate and and if people are if people are dry and warm and got a nice drink and some hot food I mean, what more could you want? You know, it's… We just
3: tell people to bring layers and keep cosy. But when people turn up and they they came on their own, maybe two people, and they left and they said, oh, my gosh, I've just left with, you know… A whole
1: heap of new friends. A whole heap of new friends. (laughs) (laughs) I think think when it's it's stinking hot and the sun's beating down, you're probably almost more limited on what you can imbibe during a time like that.
0: Well, it it is. And you also, from our perspective, with our licence and Mm -hmm. that, you've got to be a lot more conscious of what… Volumes of alcohol. We go and that through a lot sort of, of water thing. on the hot. We days. go through a lot, and we encourage a lot of drinking water. So yeah.
1: In any thoughts of of expansion into other area, other th- other events, bigger events, or is that you just happy to tick not, along at your not, relatively not, modest? Not,
0: not really. You know, mm. we're 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 not an events centre. So let's let's get that clear we're, we're, we're basically a vineyard and we want people to come here and enjoy a beautiful vineyard experience and, and all so, the hard work that
3: we've done over yeah, the last four
0: yeah, years so so the last Saturday club is something we'd like to continue because it is successful and Mengo, I love it you know and it's not a you know we're not northern base it's it's, it's still it's still quite intimate it's and, four um, hours and it's yeah just, and it's you know. it's just It's just some people sitting around having a drink and a nice time you know it's uh, so no we're not into the big events we don't want to do big events we are very very happy to encourage people if you're having you know if there's a bit of a birthday thing and you want to come and have a glass of wine with your 10 friends and enjoy a nice platter or something we we want to be able to do that we're actually just going through (laughs) Currently, with um, Hello, that's that's, that's cheeky here. Charlie. <laughs> Hello, Charlie. So Name we're so just none. we're just going through at the moment with our application for on licence, which will allow us to do that. So we operate the last Saturday club under a special licence. So mm-hmm. it's
1: yeah. So if you want to know more about the Last Saturday Club, what's the best place for them to do that? Um, time time for the plug.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um Nikki, you're probably best to answer that as our social media uh, guru.
3: Follow <laughs> us on Instagram. We've got the the tipsy Tui on Instagram, Brooklyn Brooklane Vineyard as well on Instagram and Facebook. I we post everything pretty much on there. Um obviously website, which is Brooklane Vineyard oh, or I, I think the what best brooklanevineyard.co.nz. Vineyard.co.nz.
0: Or just come and see us. Or come and see us, Come and see us, have a chat, try a a glass of wine in the cellar door and we'll tell you all about it.
1: Because you do do tastings and you can buy at the cellar door here, but also you can buy in shops as well, I'm guessing? Yeah,
0: so we we run an active cellar door here. So all three of our wines are available there and we're open from effectively our license is 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. So you can buy wine to take away from the cellar door. We also have our wine available at the Mangawai Tavern. They have our wine on the wine list there, and and we have a wonderful relationship with the guys at the tavern, and that works really well.
3: Not really. Oh, we have the village wines, at
0: village wines, but uh, yeah. So they they have our wine there. But other than that, that's the only places in town. Really so exclusive we're, affair. So we're a little <laughs> bit exclusive, and that's yeah. But it works well, you know. A couple of out of town places, the Pepper Pepper Roa. Paparoa, Papamoa, Paparoa.
1: Thirsty Tui, I think. (laughs)
0: Thirsty Thirsty Tui Hotel have uh, all three of our wines there. They love the tipsy Tui rose, which they promote through there. And uh, we also have our Chardonnay up at a restaurant in Pahia called Terra, which was voted the best fine dining restaurant in Northland a, a couple of months back.
1: Fantastic. Look, yeah. well, uh don't forget to come out and uh, check out this this gorgeous spot out here uh in Brook Lane, which is for those who don't know, uh off the end of King Road. Uh, 5K down King Road. Five K down King Turn Road. Right into There's Brook a little Lane. bit of gravel at the end, but it's pretty decent gravel. And um yeah, we I think we're gonna end this with uh a little bit of audio from uh Ray and Nikki's lovely Tui. So I'll uh, I'll put that in later. But uh don't forget to <laughs> Subscribe and like this uh, podcast and all those usual things. As we said, go over and uh, check out the Fire Show Facebook page. And also, just as we said before, check out the Facebook page for Brooklane Vineyard. Thanks for joining us.